الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين امنوا اشد حبا لله سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى القران الكريم والذين امنوا اشد حبا لله this is one of the great mercies of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he addressed us in quran as alladhina amanu this itself is a great rank that we have attained by saying la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on But whenever Allah SWT addresses us as Alladheena Amanu, when He addresses us, Ya Ayyuhalladheena Amanu, or as in this ayah, when He describes some quality of the Alladheena Amanu, it means Allah SWT is saying, O Alladheena Amanu, doesn't mean O you who believe. It means O you who claim to believe. O you who profess belief on your tongues. O you who aspire to kamal iman, perfect belief in your hearts. If you truly wish to be a true believer, See, do you have the following quality inside yourself? Can you do the following thing? Only then will you be raised in the day of judgment as the Alladheena Amanu. So it means, my friends, that if Allah has addressed us in Quran as Alladheena Amanu, we should also think that we should adopt all the characteristics that Allah has mentioned in these verses so that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also raises up amongst the Alladheena Amanu. So in this ayah, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ That know that those who are true believers, those who are perfect in belief, those who are sincere believers, they are extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are crazy mad about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are the passionate lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it means, my friends, that you and I, we must look into our hearts and see and assess ourselves to really have this extreme love for Allah. Even if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had taken out the ism tafzeel, the ashadu, do we even have a basic love for Allah? Let alone this extreme, intense, deep form of love for Allah that Allah has mentioned in this Qur'an. Some people even say that the word insan comes from uns, uh, which means to be inclined or to have a certain affinity or a love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that our very humanity is based on how much we love Allah, how linked we are with the divine, how much we long for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine being. If we don't have the love for Allah in our hearts, then it means we don't even have a proper level of humanity. Know that everybody, you either love two things. There's no way that your heart is empty of love. Everybody always loves something, some being, all the time. Either your heart is filled with the lure, the light of the love for Allah, or your heart is filled with the darkness, the dhulam, the oppression, of the love of ghayrullah, of some other type of love. Just like a room. A room either is light or it is dark. There's no other third condition for any room. Just like that, your heart either has the light of the love for Allah in it, or has the darkness or the absence of light, the absence of His love. That if you love anything in creation, know that one day, sooner or later, either that creation will die, or you will die, sooner or later you will be separated from it. But if you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're sincere and you worship Him properly, then that means in the day of judgment you will have the liqa, you will have the meaning, you will be united with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, 
the meaning of our tawheed is that we must love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once a person asked one shaykh, uh, once a shaykh asked his students, that what is the meaning of tawheed? So one of his students said, that tawheed means to be, tawheed means to believe, that Allah is the sole being worthy of worship. Right? That there is no other being worship except for Allah. La ilaha illallah. Allah is the sole being worthy of worship. Allah is the only being worthy of worship. So the shaykh said, no, that's not tawheed. So everybody was shocked. That how can this not be tawheed? This is the standard definition of tawheed. The shaykh said that tawheed doesn't mean simply to believe that Allah is the only being worthy of worship. Tawheed means to only worship Allah. But there is a very fine, subtle difference here. It means that we might believe in our minds that Allah is the only being worthy of worship. But when the Sharia says something and society says something else, and we do what society tells us, it means we weren't following Tawheed. If our parents say something else, the Sharia says something else, we follow our parents, it means we weren't following Tawheed. If our families, if the temptations of this world, if anything in this world leads us to break the commandments of Allah, it means that we weren't only worshipping Allah, we were worshipping a few other things. Maybe we were worshipping our nafs. Maybe we were worshipping a few ignorant fools in our society. So Tawheed means that you should only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Live your life according to your belief. And this will only be available, uh, this will only be possible when we have the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our hearts. More than that, not only are we supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but Allah has mentioned so many different qualities of the believers in the Qur'an, and Allah mentions Himself that He will love us. For example, Allah says in the Qur'an, In another place, So many different qualities, so many different characteristics, Allah says that He loves these type of people. So it means that not only are we supposed to love Allah, but we are supposed to make ourselves in such a way that we are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one of the greatest rahmas of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He has given us the ability to earn His love. So we should reflect in Qur'an, Allah hasn't simply described us as mu'mineen or as muslimin. Allah described us as sabirin, as muttaqeen, as muhsineen, as tawabeen, as awabeen, as zakirin, as muqarrabeen. So my friends, if you and I, if we don't aspire to these states, then who else is there left on earth who will aspire to these states? If we don't realize that these are all the descriptions, the attributes, the qualities of our Iman, if we don't try to adopt these characteristics, who else is there left on earth to become the people of Taqwa or the people of Ihsan? <coughs> so it means this deen came, one of the major reasons this deen came was to transform us into the lovers of Allah, but also give us the status of becoming the beloved of Allah. And Allah has clearly said in Quran, Allahu waliyyulladheena amanu. So the Mashaikh said that this is a great gift of Allah. It shows that He loves the believers. Because think about it, if you accept Iman, then Allah should have said that, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَوْلِيَاءُ اللَّهِ That those who believe, they become the friends of Allah. But Allah said no. Allahu آمَنُوا That Allah gave Himself His wilaya to those people who believe. In another ayah, وَاللَّهُ وَلِيَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ In fact, when famous Shaykh, Shaykh Bayezid Bustami Rahimahullah, who is also from our lineage of our Mashaikh in Akshaband, he once told his students that I can prove to you from the Qur'an that Allah loves humanity. And the student said, how is that? And he said that first you must understand one principle of love. And that is as follows, 
that whenever you love some being, that no matter how much you give that being, or how much you give that person, how much you do for that being, you always think that you haven't done enough. You think that you've done nothing. Even if you do everything you can for them, you feel as if you did nothing for them. And the second principle is that if your beloved does something for you, even if your beloved gives you a small token gift, even if your beloved gives you something small, because it came from your beloved, that thing has incredible value in your eyes, you will view it as something great. So he said, then look at Quran. That we said, the first part, was that when you love something or someone, no matter how much you give them, you think that it is small. So Shaykh Bayezid said, this whole dunya, this whole world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it for humanity. This entire earth is just for our, is subject to us. The animals, the plants, everything has been made subject to humanity. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described this dunya, this incredible earth, this incredible world that He gave us, what did He say? That say that the stuff of the dunya is qaleel. Why? Because Allah loved us. Even if He put the whole dunya at our disposal, He described it as qaleel, He described it as small. And what do we give back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Most of the time we spend doing our own things. We might worship Him a few minutes a day. We might make dhikr. We might remember Him a few minutes a day. But these few minutes of remembering Allah, be they in salah, in reading Quran, or making formal dhikr, these few moments that we spend remembering Allah, because Allah loves us, I told you, the principle is that when your beloved gives you something, no matter how small it is, you think it is great. So the proof that human beings are the beloved of Allah, or the believers are the beloved of Allah, is that even though they give Him a small amount of dhikr, they worship Him a small amount, how did Allah describe this in Quran? He said, That those who remember Allah kathira abundantly. So he described the entire dunya that he gave us as qaleel, as small. And he described those small acts of worship that we do from dhikr as kathir. So Shaykh Bayezid said according to the principle of love, this is a proof that Allah loves the believers. And then our mashayikh say, if you think about it, it is only rational, it is only natural that a person love Allah. Why? Because everybody loves any being, any person for one of three reasons. The first reason is that that being has done a lot for you. Don't you see that the parents do so much for the kids, the mother has done so much for her child, so her son naturally feels love for her because he thinks that my mother has done so much for me. Or if one of your teachers, he does so much for you, you will feel a love for him because you will think my teacher has done so much for me. It means that anybody who gives you ihsanat, anybody who gives you blessings and bounties, you will love them. So my friends, it is only natural that we should love Allah because who has given us more in this world than Allah? Allah has given us each and everything that we have. If He didn't give us sight, we would be blind. If He didn't give us hearing, we would be deaf. If He hadn't given us a tongue, we would be mute. If He hadn't given us a brain, we would be dumb. If Allah hadn't given us health, we would be sick. If He hadn't given us wealth, we would be out there begging like the poor. If Allah hasn't given izzah, if He hadn't given us honor, we would have been disgraced like so many others in the world. So we are just drowning in the mercies of Allah. So if anybody wants to love any being based on how much that being has given them, how much that being has done for them, that know that you can never even count the blessings of Allah. So it means that it is only natural that we should love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second reason is that it is natural to love that being who can help you out, who can remove your worries, who can ease your difficulties, who has the power to fulfill your needs. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the fa'il al-hakiki, He is qadr al-mutlaq, He has all the power. 
He is the one who can remove our worries, who can ease our pains, who can ease our difficulties. So if we wish to love any being because we think that being will be able to help us out, that being will be able to do something for us, then it is only natural that we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third reason that a person falls in love with anything is beauty. That a person is attracted to things that are beautiful, beings that are beautiful, persons who are beautiful, so a person falls in love with that which is beautiful. In fact, one sheikh once used to tell his students that a woman, she taught me the meaning of Tawheed. And his students always used to wonder that what is this meaning? So one day one student, he got the courage, he asked the sheikh, what does this mean? You always say this, that a woman taught me the meaning of Tawheed. So he said, once when I was sitting, a woman came to me in veil, and she said that, oh sheikh, I want you to write me a fatwa. And he said, on what? He, she said that my husband, he wants to get married to another wife, and I want you to write a fatwa that is not permissible for him in the sharia to get married to a second wife. And the sheikh said that my sister, maybe your situation is special, uh, maybe this might hurt you, but I cannot write this fatwa because as you know yourself in Quran, Allah subhanahu wa has said with certain conditions that a man he can marry another wife. So how can I write a general fatwa for you that is not permissible in the sharia for a man to marry a second wife? So then he, the shaykh said that that woman, when she, I told her this, the woman she took aside. And she said, oh shaykh, if the sharia permitted me today, I would remove my veil and if you were to see my face, your own heart would testify that any man with a wife as beautiful as me should never be allowed to marry a second wife. That shakes and a thought came to my heart that this woman has been given a drop of beauty. And just because of that drop of beauty, she demands she will not stand. She cannot stand the idea that her husband should have any partner with her, her husband should share her. So what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the creator of beauty himself? How would he stand that anybody worship anything alongside him? So the shaykh used to say, that's how a woman used to teach me Tawheed. So if any one of us wish to love something because that thing is beautiful, then know that what can be more beautiful than the creator of beauty himself, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is only natural then, my friends, that we should love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, where is the function of love? Where do you feel this love? The function of the eyes is to see. The function of the ears is to listen. The function of the tongue is to speak. So where is the seat of this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The seat for the love is the heart of the believers. The function of the heart is to love. So if you wish to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you must look into your heart, you must work upon your heart. And today inshallah we will mention four ways that you can increase in the love for Allah. The first way is by making dhikr, by remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now just imagine that if you claim to love any being, if you claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how could you fail to remember him? All of you know the famous story of Majnoon and Layla. Would anybody consider Majnoon, Majnoon if he ran around and said, Oh, I never think about Layla. I never remember Layla. I have no time to even feel Layla in my heart. No. Why was he called Majnoon? Because he used to think about and remember Layla 24 hours a day. So if we wish to increase in our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we must begin to remember him in our heart. The more and more you think about him in your heart, the more and more you remember him in your heart, the more you will feel his love. This is why Allah has commanded in Quran al-Kareem, Ya ayyuhalladheena amunu thukrullaha dhikran kathira. That all you who believe, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in abundant remembrance. The more and more you think about Allah, the more and more you will feel his love. 
The second way to increase in your love for Allah subhanahu wa is by following the sunnah of the beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah said in Quran, Qul, O my beloved messenger, tell the people, In kuntum Allah, that if you claim that you wish to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you try to attach yourself directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tell them no. That there is no direct path to Allah, tell them fattabi'uni that they must follow your sunnah. It means that if anybody wants to claim that we love Allah directly, Allah ta'ala in Quran said no, the only way to love Allah is to follow the sunnah of the beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is no alternate route to Allah, there is no detour path to Allah, the only path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through the sunnah of the beloved messenger. This comes in Quran. This is a verse of the Quran. Qul in kuntum Ya Allah, we wanted to be your lovers. You sent us back and told us to follow the sunnah. So, oh Allah, if we follow the sunnah, will you then accept us as your lovers? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you follow the sunnah of my beloved messenger, not only will I accept your claim that you are my lovers, but I will myself make you my beloved yuhbibkum Allah. So we wanted to be lovers, Allah said follow the sunnah. We follow the sunnah, Allah said not only will I make you my lovers, I will make you amongst the ranks of my beloved yuhbibkum Allah wa yaghfirlukum dhanubakum. Allah Taala will love you and He will forgive you all of your sins. So it means that each and every sunnah has some mahbubiyah, has some belovedness in it. Allah Taala loves to see people coming to Him with sunnah. All of us, many, many of us sometimes reflect on the great scientific creation of Allah. We reflect how incredible is the atom with the electron revolving or making tawaf around the nucleus. Some of us look at the macro level. We reflect on the universe, the galaxies, what an incredible world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. And truly we should always reflect on these things. It is a humbling experience. Because you and I, we are just a speck on this country of South Africa. Which is just a speck on the planet Earth. The planet Earth is just a speck, a dot on the solar system. The solar system is just a dot on the Milky Way galaxy. Our Milky Way galaxy is just a dot on our galaxy cluster and our galaxy cluster is just a dot on the universe. But you should know that just like every architect has a masterpiece. If you ever want to have a house built, you go to an architect, he shows you his portfolio. But he'll tell you that if you really want to see my skills as, as an architect, look at this one particular house I designed, it is my masterpiece. So know that no matter how incredible the atom is, no matter how incredible the human body is, no matter how incredible the universe is, the masterpiece of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation is the sunnah. It is the greatest thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. There is nothing greater than the sunnah of our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So it means that each and every aspect of the sunnah carries Allah's love, carries Allah's happiness. We should try to follow all of the sunnahs, the outer sunnahs and the inner sunnahs. We should have the sunnah states, the sunnah adab, the sunnah akhlaq. But we should also have the sunnah appearance, the sunnah lifestyle. Each and everything about the sunnah is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can imagine that Allah wants to see the name brand of sunnah on the Day of Judgment. Everybody here likes their name brands. The young guys have their name brands in their clothes. The older ones of you, especially in South Africa, you have name brands in your cars. You love your German cars, your Volkswagens and your BMWs. You talk about what tires to put on your car. You spot the models of the car from far away. You all know your name brand. 
Just like that, Allah SWT loves the name brand He created, He designed, He loves the name brand of Sunnah. And He can spot it from far away. Anybody who comes with Allah with the outer and the inner name brand of Sunnah on the Day of Judgment, he will, Allah SWT will send them to Jannah. Straight. Non-stop. Because they bring the name brand that Allah SWT designed. So it means the more and more Sunnah we follow, the more we will increase in our love for Allah SWT. So the first way to increase in our love was to make dhikr, to remember Allah all the time in our heart. Simply to think about Him, to recollect Him, to remember Him in our mind and our heart. 24 hours a day. The second way to increase in our love for Allah was to follow the sunnah of the beloved messenger The third way to increase in our love for Allah is to keep the company of those people who love Him. Because Prophet Muhammad taught us in the Sahih Hadith to make dua Allahumma inni nas'aluka hubbaka wa hubba man yuhibbuk. That, oh Allah, I beg of you to increase me in your love. Place the love for you inside my heart and also place the love for those who love you for your lovers inside my heart. Wa hubba man yuhibbuk. And also give me the love for those people who love you. Why? Because it means that if we keep the company of the people who love Allah, the love that they have for Allah in their hearts will gradually become transferred to us. It will be reflected into us. This is why Allah commands in Quran, "Kunu ma'asalikin." Now, oftentimes this is translated as "keep the company of the righteous ones." No, "Kunu" does not simply mean just keep their company. All of you know enough Arabic to know this, because all of you know this famous Arabic ayah that whenever Allah wants to create something, what does He say? "Kun fayakun," be and it is. So it means this word "kun." denotes our very being. It denotes our very essence. So, kunu ma sadakin does not mean keep the company of the pious ones every now and then. Kunu ma sadakin means join your very kawn, join your very being, join your essence with the true ones. With those who are true in word and deed. Those who have drawn close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Join your essence with them. And that will be an easy way for you to love Allah. In fact, this ayah, the whole eye is, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma sadakin. That, oh you believe, have taqwa. And some of the mufassirin write that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a command, sometimes in the Quran, He follows it with an easy way to fulfill that command. So here what was the command? Ittaqullah. Fear Allah. Know Allah. Love Allah. Obey Allah. But if you're unable to do it on your own, if you want an easy way to become a person of taqwa, kunu ma'asadakin, that join your being, join your essence with the people of Siddh, with the people who are true in word and deed, with the people who have succeeded in worshipping and loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fourth way to increase in your love for Him is to simply to ignite the flame, the talab, to have a burning desire in your heart. And that is the real tragedy. The tragedy today is not that we don't love Allah, or we don't pray to Hajjad, or we don't do this, we don't do that. The tragedy is that these things don't even bother us. That our hearts have become so hard, our hearts have become so dead, we never even make dua to Allah. How many of us even made the sunnah dua that I mentioned? That, oh Allah, increase me in my love for you, and make me love those who love you. How many of us, it's our burning desire that we make up for tahajjud. We have so many desires of the dunya. We want so much progress in the dunya, but none of us want to progress in our relationship with Allah. If I was to meet a young man who's studying, and I ask him, what are you studying? He says, accounting. And I said, well, what will you do when you finish your degree? He said, well, first I'll become an assistant accountant. If I was to tell that young man, for the rest of your life you will remain an assistant accountant. 
he will look at me like I'm crazy. He'll say, no, first I'm going to be an assistant accountant for three years. I'll be an accountant for five years. I'll be a senior accountant for five years. I'll become vice president of finance for five years. I'll start my own firm for ten years, and then I'll retire and live happily ever after. If I told that same young man, how much Qur'an do you understand? And he says, oh, I only know the meanings of one or two surahs. If I told him ten years from now, you'll still only know the meaning of one or two surahs. No problem. If I say, do you ever pray tahajjud? Never. I'll say, ten years from now, you will still have never prayed tahajjud. No problem. I'll say, do you, have you ever cried to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your du'a? No. I'll say, five years from now, you will still have never cried to Allah in your du'a. No problem. Have you ever felt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your sajda? No. Five years from now, you will still have never felt Allah in your sajda. No problem. We don't even have desire to progress in our deen. So those of us who like to say that you should join deen and dunya, well look in your hearts, are you really joining them equally? Or do you have so many plans for the dunya, so many desires, hopes, aspirations, guaranteed progress, necessary improvement, and for your deen, no progress, no desire to even progress, no desire for change, no desire for improvement. So it means we do not have tala, we do not have this flame of desire in our heart. And if we do not have this flame of desire, then neither will become people of zikr, neither will become people who follow sunnah, how will become people who keep the company of the pious ones? It means we must light this flame of desire in our heart. And we must think that, oh Allah, truly there is nobody as great as you. As much Allah SWT has been worshipped, as much Allah SWT has been called upon, as much Allah SWT has been turned to, as much people have sacrificed for the sake of Allah, nobody has loved any being, any philosophy, as much as Allah Taala has been loved. This is a reality. So we should also tap into that. And this is the whole benefit of our deen. Look, in America, if somebody was to come to us, or come to me, and say, oh, you're Muslim, so what does that mean? So we'd say, oh, well, we believe in Allah, we believe we have the book of Allah, we believe we have the last messenger of Allah. So they wonder, well, no, I don't think you have these things. And we'd say, why? Well, he'd say, well, number one, you claim you have the last revelation, you claim you have the book of Allah. So he would say to you, that if I believed I had the word of God, that I had the speech of the Almighty Being, I'd be reading it all the time, and i never see you read it. So what answer would we give to that? And then if we said to him that, well, we believe we have the last messenger of Allah, the perfect human example. And as you hear from our ulama, everything about his life is preserved. He said, no, I don't think you believe that. We'd say, why not? He said, well, if I believed I had the perfect example and role model for me, hasana. So I believe I had the perfect example for me. I'd be following that example day and night. I don't see you following that example. So even the non-Muslim would be able to explain to us how weak our deen is. Even the non-Muslim would say, you're the same you were five years ago. Even the non-Muslim could point out all the defects in our deen. In fact, my brothers, I tell you today that even Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl understood the power of this deen better than us. The greatest enemies of the Prophet Muhammad what does it mean? The worst and most evil human beings ever to walk the face of this earth, with the possible exception of Dajjal when he comes, the worst human beings to ever walk the face of this earth, even they understood the deen better than you and me. How is that? <laughs> It comes in Qur'an that they recognize the Prophet as well as they knew their own children or they knew their own forefathers. But they still didn't accept Islam. 
They used to believe him, him as a Salik al-Amin, as the true one, as the trustworthy one. But they still didn't accept Islam. They used to lie in front of them, see miracles happen, but they still didn't accept Islam. Why is that? Because they knew that if we accept Islam, we'll have to change everything in our life. We'll have to leave the way of life we're living. We'll have to give up our strange ideas. We'll have to give up our false beliefs. We'll have to submit completely to this religion. They knew that Islam demanded complete submission. That's why they didn't accept Islam. Well, we could go back 1400 years and teach them a lesson. And so no, Abdullah Abu Jahl, you don't have to submit. All you have to do is say the kalima and do a couple of small things. And then the rest of the day you can live your life exactly the way you want. So even Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab knew the revolutionary, incredible power of this deen. And that's why they didn't accept. It means this deen has some incredible power. This deen has the power to transform us. If you ignite the flame of desire in your heart, if your hearts burn with the love for Allah, then your life will change. Then it will be so easy to follow the deen. That person who loves Allah, it is so easy to follow the deen because a person who is in love with something wants nothing more than to obey his beloved, than to please his beloved. This is why Imam Ghazali, in his book, Ihyalum al in his chapter on Mahabba, in his chapter on the love for Allah, said, he spoke about many different ways of loving Allah, but in the end he concluded and he said, the highest rank, the highest level, the highest rank of the love for Allah is ubudiyah, is servanthood and slavery. There is no greater way you can love Allah except by obeying Him. So the power of this deen came to us to make us realize our iman, for us to feel the love for Allah in our hearts. I will just conclude with one story from America. Many of you may have heard that there are people in the prisons in America who are accepting Islam. So there was one brother, Alhamdulillah, he used to do a lot of work in the prisons. So someone once asked him that you've done so much work in the prisons, so many people have accepted Islam, so there must be some special thing, some unique story. What is the most strangest thing that ever happened to you? So he said that, yes, truly once some very strange thing happened to me. And he said that I was working in the prison and there was a man who was in prison for about four to six months. But when he accepted Islam, he was so sincere, he became my top student. He learned how to read Quran, he learned how to pray Salah, he always wanted me to teach him more about Sunnah. He just wanted to practice the deen more and more and more. So when it came time for him to leave, I thought I would ask him a question. And that person says that I asked him that, oh my friend, since you have accepted Islam, what is the greatest change that has taken over your life? So that new Muslim said, that new Muslim told that Imam, that actually, as you know, I'm about to leave prison soon. But in reality, I'm a much worse criminal than these people know. I was just caught on some petty crime, and so I was given a six-month prison sentence, but in reality, I'm a mass murderer. I have killed men, I have killed women, I have killed children, I have killed old people, but they didn't catch me on that, they caught me on some small thing, and that's why I'm about to go. And then he said, I was such a sick person, that I used to kill people for no other reason, just to see the pleasure, just to take the pleasure of seeing their blood flow. He said, I used to kill them, and they would be lying on the ground, and I used to dance around their bodies in the pool of their blood. He said, that's how sick a person I was. But ever since I accepted Islam, ever since you taught me so much about the deen, 
ever since you taught me so much about Quran. And I think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. And I think and I remember all the things that I did. And I think how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must look at me. But in my heart now I wish to love Allah. I wish that He also loves me. So I'm so afraid of Him now that when I walk in the yard of the prison, I look down to make sure not even that a single ant comes underneath my shoes. This is the power of Islam. This is the revolutionary nature of our deen. That if we let this deen enter our heart, if we let the love for Allah permeate our heart, then look, it can change even a mass murder into someone who doesn't even want to trample a small ant. So my friends, it means that we must turn to Allah from the depths of our heart. We must make tawbah. We must repent from all of our sins. We must repent from our old ways. We should say, Ya Allah, we also want to be people who love you. We also want to be people who remember you. We also want to be people who follow the sunnah of your beloved messenger. We also want to be people who keep the company of the righteous ones. Ya Allah, ignite the flame of desire in our heart today. Revive our dead hearts today. And make us yearn towards you. Raise your hands in du'a. Subhana Rabbi al-Habbalam. Salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Rabbanadalamnaanfusanawainamtafirlanawatalhamnaanakunanamanalkhasirin. Rabbana, O oh Your Lord, our kind and generous Lord. O oh Allah, who nurtured us and gave us everything from the moment we were born. Zalamna anfusana, we have oppressed ourselves. We have wronged ourselves by leaving your path. We have broken your commandments and rules. Ya Allah, we have left the sunnahs of the beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But today we testify, Allah, that we wronged no one but our own selves. We have deceived no one but our own selves. We have betrayed no one but our own selves. But Ya Allah, if you do not shower your mock for your forgiveness upon us, if you do not shower your rahmah, your mercy upon us, we will be amongst the lost ones. Ya Allah, so we beg you to forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did at night. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the company of others. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did to ourselves. Forgive us for the sins that we did to others. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we remember. Forgive us for the sins that we've even forgotten that we did them. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our ears. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our tongues. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our hands. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our organs. And Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Ya Allah, make us people who can control our gaze. Make us people who can lower our gaze. Ya Allah, today even the young man is crying out to you. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did when we were young. Ya Allah, the man with the hair whose beard, his beard's hair are white, he is crying out to you. Ya Allah, forgive us for our sins. Ya Allah, your beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that you take shame, you have modesty in taking the life of the man whose, whose hairs have grown white in your deen. Ya Allah, today there are peoples whose hair have grown white in your deen. Their hands are also raised in dua. Ya Allah, on the barakah of their white hairs, Ya Allah, we ask you to accept our tawbah. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we did. Ya Allah, shower your rahmah upon us. Ya Allah, don't just forgive us for our sins, but become happy with us once again. Ya Allah, we became distant from you because of our sins. Ya Allah, close that gap. Ya Allah, draw us close to you once again. Ya Allah, through your mercy, keep us from sin. Ya Allah, we are your weak servants. We are not able to stand the test of sin. Ya Allah, keep us away from the friends who invite us to sin. Keep us away from the friends who drag us to sin. Keep us away from the gatherings of sin. Keep us away from the places of sin.
sin. Ya Allah, keep us away from the thoughts of sin. Keep us away from the whisperings to sin. Ya Allah, erase all the records of our sin. Erase the memories of the pleasures that we took from our sin. Ya Allah, erase all the memories that we have of our sin. Ya Allah, erase the feelings of sin that we have in our heart. Ya Allah, we are your sinning servants. Ya Allah, we are filthy and dirty servants. But Ya Allah, even a mother, she washes the filth away from her baby. Ya Allah, you are kinder to us. You are Alhamdulillah Rahimin. You love your servants even more than a mother loves her child. Ya Allah, wash the filth away from our souls. Wash the filth away from our heart. Ya Allah, purify our hearts this day and accept our tawbah. Ya Allah, we promise that we will never do these sins again. We promise we will never go to the places of sin again. We promise we will leave the people who have sinned. Ya Allah, please accept our dua. Ya Allah, make us people of zikr. Ya Allah, revive our dead hearts. Ya Allah, we also want to feel the love for you in our heart. Ya Allah, adorn our hearts with your love. And mesh your name on our heart. Ya Allah, engrave your name upon our heart. Ya Allah, we wish to draw closer to you. We also wish to feel your qurb. We wish to feel your ma'iyat. We wish to feel your nearness and proximity. Ya Allah, give us a tawfiq to feel you in our life. Let us bring you back into our life. Let us remember you each and every moment of the day. Let us become people of dhikr every moment of the day. Ya Allah, we also want to follow the sunnah of the beloved messenger. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we did in leaving his sunnah. Ya Allah, let us not be disappointing in front of him on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, how we appear before you or him on the day of judgment without following his sunnah. Ya Allah, how we appear before the mothers of the believers. Ya Allah, beloved messengers, how some said that Sayyidina Khadisha, Sayyidina Aisha, they're the mothers of the believers. Ya Allah, no son wishes to be exposed in front of his mothers. Ya Allah, no son wishes to be made naked in front of his mothers. Ya Allah, do not expose our sins in front of the mothers of the believers. Ya Allah, do not expose our sins in front of the Sahaba Kiram. Ya Allah, do not expose our sins in front of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, could you not forgive us this day? Ya Allah, it is so easy for you. You are Ahamal Rahimeen. Just one drop of your mercy, Allah, and all of our sins will be wiped away. Ya Allah, shower your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, accept our du'as. Ya Allah, we beg of you. Ya Allah, you have billions of servants in the world. But Ya Allah, we have only one you. Ya Allah, you are our only Rabb. Ya Allah, if you did not forgive us today, then where else can we go? Whose else door can we go at? Ya Allah, we are at your door. We are begging you to send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, do not cast us away. Ya Allah, we gather here in your house. In the masjid of Allah. Ya Allah, in your house. Ya Allah, no host lets his guest go away empty-handed. Ya Allah, we are your guest today. Let not our hands go down empty-handed. But only accept our dua. Ya Allah, have mercy upon us and accept our dua. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq to do nek amal. Ya Allah, let us come back to the Qur'an. Let us come back to the sunnah. Ya Allah, change us from the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet. Transform us from the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet in a way that is pleasing to you. Today, Allah, we want nothing but your pleasure. Allahumma inni as'aluka anta. Allahumma inni nas'aluka minka. Allahumma inni nas'aluka ridaka. Allahumma inni nas'aluka hubbaka wa hubba man yuhibbuk. Ya Allah, today we want nothing more that we be pleasing to thee. Ya Allah, change us in a way that is pleasing to you. Ya Allah, if it is difficult for us to follow the Qur'an and Sunnah, Ya Allah, drag us from our hair onto this Qur'an and Sunnah and Sharia. Ya Allah, force us onto this deen, because there is no success other than following this deen. Ya Allah, shower your mercy upon us. 
Make us people of zikr, make us people of taqwa, make us people of sabr, make us people of ihsan, make us people of tawbah. Ya Allah, but most of all, keep us amongst the mu'mineen and raise us amongst the muslimin. Ya Allah, on that day of judgment, let us also find a space in the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us also have something to drink from his hands at the house of Gothar. Ya Allah, your beloved messenger sallallahu said that, oh, Ya Allah, that you said that when your servant comes to you a handspan, you walk, you come to him in arm's length. When he comes walking to you, you run to him. Ya Allah, today we only came to this gathering to earn your pleasure. Some of us may have come walking to you. Some of us may have come driving here. Some of us may have come flying here. Ya Allah, we beg for you to send your rahman come flying to us. Ya Allah, your beloved messenger sallallahu also said, that when people from different parts of the world meet one another for your sake, that you shower a sakina, a special rahmah upon that gathering. Ya Allah, today people from different parts of the world are here. We met one another only for your sake, only to draw close to you. Ya Allah, shower your special rahmah and your special mercy on this gathering. Ya Allah, grant us the shade of your throne on the day of judgment, on that day which will be no shade except your throne. Ya Allah, those of us who may be sick, grant us health. Those of us who may have any financial difficulty, Grant them the risky halal tayyib, the purest and noblest forms of wealth. And Ya Allah, those of us who are healthy, who have wealth, who have all the blessings in the world, and have nothing but our own laziness to blame, Ya Allah, take us out of our laziness. Make us people of action, make us people of amal, make us people of ikhlas and sincerity. Ya Allah, bless this masjid. Make this masjid a shining light of the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. Ya Allah, fill the halls of this masjid with the people of taqwa. Ya Allah, make this masjid produce the people of taqwa. Ya Allah, bless the hearts of the imams and the founders of this masjid. Bless the hearts of all those who are helping in any way in this masjid. Ya Allah, even those who cannot help but who simply look upon this masjid with love, Ya Allah, reward them as well. Ya Allah, Ta'ala, make us amongst the shining examples of this deen. Ya Allah, preserve the deen of these people. Ya Allah, preserve the deen of our children. Ya Allah, in this society, Ya Allah, only you can preserve the deen of our children. Ya Allah, safeguard them from the temptations of sin around them. Ya Allah, preserve the iman of our children and the iman of all of our descendants until the yawm al-deen. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim wa tubu alayna innaka anta tawabu rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين